Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Tony Muggs. Check it out. There it goes. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to Tony Muggs of The Muggs and Dude. Tony, how you doing? Hey, hey good. Uh, let me see. Okay. Uh, okay, I got you. <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I just had to um, hit something on the screen to see your face again. All right. Uh, excellent. Uh, excellent. Yeah. Man. So I think last time we talked was in June. And at that time, you know, we were talking about Dude. But we were, uh, but you also mentioned you were working on the book, uh, which is an autobiography, which aptly is called Autobiographiti. And um, you had been working on that. You had the music. Um, that is an album that will come out for Dude, you know, with the same title. And it was in progress. The writing was in progress, getting ready to get that out there. But now, coming out on December 1st, the book is finally available. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. It'll, be live, it'll be live on Amazon in both paperback and hardcover. December 1st, just in time for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. And so um, it's got to feel great to have this this huge body of work because i know you worked on it for a long time to have that thing out there so that people can enjoy it it's got to feel good oh it's a it's uh it's a great feeling uh, i've been working on this for six years <laughs> and uh i, I, I start off in the uh, prologue uh, mentioning you know how i'd like the reader to read it maybe with a cocktail and you know <laughs> dialogue with a new friend uh kind of approach sometimes i actually speak uh directly to you um it's called the uh, authorial intrusion and uh it's meant to be fun uh but everything in there is true and um the story is on uh in december on my birthday december 13th uh, 2016 i went down to bumbo's bar in hamtramck and uh, i talked to a good friend of mine jamie from the urs loggerheads and grand heft and um he was working at third man at the time and i, I said oh man wouldn't it be great if dude could get signed to third man and we're talking and i just happened to mention i've been you know right on and off writing this book yeah but you know really not doing anything um and uh, i've been trying to write this book since 2005 actually and uh he said wow well third man publishes books you know that right and i said no i didn't <laughs> And uh, he said, that's your angle. If you want to get signed, you know, you know, and that was the impetus. That was a catalyst. He was a catalyst for me actually wow. writing this book and, you know, putting all the, you know, all the excuses of why I couldn't finish it before I signed right. and sit down and write it. Um, and so I did. And uh, boy, was I naive. I thought <laughs> I was going to whip this out in a year. And uh, six years later, um, <laughs> But, you know, things got in the way like COVID. Um, yeah. And I am a perfectionist. And, you know, you're, when you're putting your name on something, you want to make it as, as good as you can. Hell yeah. And so I got uh, some good people behind me. Um, and in, during the time of COVID, I actually printed off some copies uh, from FedEx or something. Like, and I passed, a, passed the book around. Uh -huh. And I realized how how much more work I had, you know, oh. I, I had edited over and over and over and over. And, uh, but you know, it's not, you, you, when you're writing a book, you, you can't, you know, you have to put your ego aside yeah. sometimes. And, uh, the right people got behind me and said, 
uh, you might want to clean this up, uh, you, you know, punctuation errors all over the place. Uh, <laughs> but in yeah. the end, uh, it was when when I got it whittled down uh, to like what I what I really wanted. It, it was uh, perfect for me. And nice. I, I'm sure there are some gaps that somebody's going to find. But, um, you know, you know, this is self-published. So. I'm hoping I didn't get picked up. Uh, speaking of third man, they passed on me. That's okay. Yeah, I understand yeah. the tough business. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm hoping that this book does relatively well locally yeah, or, or maybe you know, regionally in the Midwest or whoever wants to buy this book. And, yeah. um, and maybe on the back end in a year, I get picked up by a real publisher and, you know, then we can really start working it, you know? Right, right. Well, you know, I think it's a uh, pretty inspiring story. I mean, it, it's one thing to be like a, um, a, you know, an accomplished musician like you are, but then uh, to have gone through the things you've gone through in your life um, uh, to survive a stroke and then um, rehabilitate yourself and come back and still be a musician and, uh, you know, a creative artist. And, uh, and now you're a writer. Um, I wonder what was the... What were the highlights for you of, of writing this book? Well, uh, first of all, it, um, my mom died in 2015, uh, just a sudden heart attack. And that was a tough blow because I'm a mama's boy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it brought me close to my mom again. Her name was Judy. And that for, for that, I'll always be thankful when thinking back writing this book. But it's, uh, you know, it's also I, I felt you know obliged to write it for other people people that have had strokes or got knocked down by some malady yeah and just to say you know if you believe in yourself you can do anything i mean it's just so cheesy to say but you know all the old cliches have been around for centuries for a reason they're true <laughs> right. they're true and no one wants to hear them because that requires you to do something that requires you to take an action and go down a road that maybe it's you know you don't want to go down at first um but I've always been, um, you know, I always had this philosophy, whatever I can't do, I want to do the most because that way I'll be my best self. Awesome. So um, the other thing was I, I didn't find my, you know, like, like, like I said, I was cocky. I figured I'd be done with this in a year. And yeah. I, I really didn't find my voice until like six months of straight, you know, continuous writing. And then when I found my voice, boy, I find my way and then I started having <laughs> fun with you know and I so my process was I would go to Hamtramck be it uh or just various places because yeah. I, I have to be around people to be creative for some reason that's just my uh how I how I function I guess and uh so some sometimes I'd go to cafe 1923 in Hamtramck you know Bumbo's Bar Cashew Cafe um off world uh that that arcade arcade above chucker bar in detroit nice. or sometimes I, I just force myself to stay home and uh you know and i'd write on my iphone uh I'd, really you know open up the notes like in yeah. your iphone yeah and that was the most expedient way i could do it uh because you know i'm not going to write with my left hand and, and then transcribe it so what i do uh, this is my process um i would right on my iphone and just mining for ore like not caring about punctuation just yep. getting out those thoughts 
And then, uh, you know, about two, three hours later, um, I would have about maybe one to two pages. Then I would send that back to my email. And then when I got home, I would copy and paste it into the, the document, the Word doc, and go from there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that it was about a solid two years of writing. Oh, and wow. um, and it was, but it, it, you know, I turn everything into a game and have fun with it. So it was like, I, I would, you know, I looked forward to my writing session on Tuesday or Thursday and I'd go and, you know, uh, and I would pretend I'm a, a famous writer or something. <laughs> but, and, you know, it's just uh, all about using your imagination. Yeah. And having fun. And so then, uh, of course, I'd reward myself with a couple of drinks afterward and go out uh, to a, uh, a rock bar like Outer Limits or, you know, just uh, yeah. and see a band or something like creative like that. Um, so that's it's really how it happened. And then and then I started editing, and, you know, so then after I bounced it and I had it uh, in my, my email and I bounced it down to the board doc. Then I would go over and take a separate day and just start editing and making sense of what I was trying to say. And it's just a process of continuous editing. And there's always a better way to say it. And I'm, I'm not a, um, how can I put this? Uh, I have diarrhea of the mouth. (laughs) And sometimes I just talk and talk and talk and you have to whittle down this whole run on sentence something concise to get yeah. to the part of the you know the the truth of right. whatever i was speaking right so yeah yeah cool fascinating hey, yeah hell yeah man uh so we've got uh tommy from slumlord radio he's he's joined tommy how you doing man hey good man how are you do- how are you guys doing hey tommy <laughs> man how's it going good man excellent so uh so tommy got any uh any questions for tony Oh man. Um, yeah, I, I guess with that, I mean, it, did you find, I mean, it, it was it, I don't know. Like it's always tough for me to like, it had to have been just really tough to all those years to kind of compile everything and take it and put it to paper. You know, I mean, how, how tough was that? Yeah. It w- well, it was cathartic for sure. Um, I, I'd get choked up writing about my own memories and, um, what I decided to do initially was to start with the most powerful memory, which was that, that fateful day, you know, when I had my stroke yeah. and, um, it started out great. Um, my, my niece, Angelina had been born that day. So we share that in common wow. where we always joke around that we're the same age. She just turned 21. So did I. <laughs> um, and, you know, uh, then I went to, uh, I went to Arby's, um, to, uh, have lunch when I came back, I was actually upstairs making a phone call to book some studio time. Um, Matt Smith from Outrageous Cherry, had in, he was going to produce the first Muggs record, and he wanted to use uh, the old state theater um, to, you know, create the beds, like the drums and the rhythm tracks and uh, all that. And so I was asking, I was calling, I knew a, a woman, her name was Deanna Park, and she she managed or had something that uh, was affiliated with the State Theater. So I was calling her to ask her permission to um, to use the, the State Theater late at night, like to, from 2 a.m. to maybe 6 a.m. No one's in there. And when I when I was uh, 
and I was on the phone with her, I started losing my speech and it freaked me out. And from there, it just went south really fast. Um, so that, that was my process um, for just, you know, how, where do I start? Well, yeah. let's start with that most powerful memory and then build a narrative around that. And from there, it just, you know, got legs. And I really looked at it like um, a script in a movie. How, if, if this were a movie, how would I want it to play out? Yeah. So I write a prologue and then I start, you know, with, I thought would be something interesting. The mugs are on national television, 2007. So, yeah. uh, and, and then I take it up to a cliffhanger and uh, then I rewind all the way back to 1986 where me and Danny Muggs meet in high school and we just fall in love with music and we start playing in um, rock bands and blues bands and then we, you know, we form the mugs and then I have a stroke. And uh, so I take it, uh, it take, this is the first of two books, actually. And I just wanted to show you, I, I got the proof back. Check this out. Oh, man. That looks it's awesome. real. It's tangible. And, uh, <laughs> again, you can, you can uh, I want everyone to get this on uh, December 1st. Amazon, both in paperback. Uh, it's Autobiography, Tony Muggs, and uh, you can order it. So anyways, um um well where was i uh i I pick up the um after 2007 at a certain point cliffhanger and then i just take it from uh 1986 where danny and i met in high school all the way to 2003 um and i'm gonna write my second book eventually um but i figured 2003 was a good uh point to stop the book um and because in 2003 i go to california um and uh, I, I do this uh, alternative rehab and, it, it, you know, it was kind of sideways, but what, what happened in California was I actually um, talked to Danny Muggs and on Matt Smith's uh, recommendation or suggestion, he, he, he said, man, the mugs are so badass. Uh, why don't you try to play the bass on a keyboard like Ray Manzarek? Never occurred to me. I thought my yeah. career was over. And so uh, I actually borrowed my Aunt Marie's crappy Casio keyboard and uh, called Danny. And I, I just wanted his blessing. You know, I, you know, a three piece, you, you, you know, uh, you can't bullshit a three piece. I always say, yeah. and uh, I, I needed to know that he was back at me um, and I wasn't doing this all for not. And Danny just said, go for it, kid. And uh, the, the rest is history. So uh, the second book is going to be from 2003 to 2016 and you know where i learned how to play the bass on the keyboard on the federal roads and then we get signed and all the hilarious uh situations and stories in europe um <laughs> that's going to be the second book oh man without without the glossary um my <laughs> crazy ass wrote a glossary and the first book but yeah so i definitely won't be doing that again <laughs> <laughs> so talk about the glossary because uh we we, t we started talking a little bit before we got going but i want i want to get into that so that is like um all the terminology according to tony what what is the glossary okay so in, in the prologue uh, i tell you how i'd like you to read the book and in doing that i i say that i italicize certain words and phrases that are important to me because i i think you should know the author a little bit uh, when reading any one of his books. So I created a glossary during the time of COVID. It took me seven months. 
And uh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, I actually put down my music. I didn't even stare at my instrument for a year and three months. Um, and I just concentrated on the glossary and editing. Um, and I figured this was the universe telling me it's time out for music, concentrate on the book. And I'm, I'm glad I did that. Um, but to get back to the glossary, it, it's it, um, I created the glossary because, first of all, I, I wanted to highlight all these all, all these names and bands and things that I truly love. And so, but I also sometimes use the glossary to further the narrative of what I'm talking about. And I didn't want to, you know, I, have, I already have diarrhea of the mouth. I, I didn't want to go on and on about a story that maybe you're not concerned about. So I figured I would add that into the glossary. And uh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And it kind of creative, I guess. And, also, um, you know, it's my way I can um, give my opinion and social commentary on certain things. And uh, so uh, the, the gloss, like the, the book, it, like the book is this big. The glossary <laughs> is literally this big. <laughs> so it's about so, half. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe a third. A third. Uh, <laughs> and, but it's interesting. And uh, I, I, I would love everyone to uh, just, you know, this is a coffee table book for sure. Um, and you can f flip through any of the glossary and, um, you know, it, it's, it's fun. It, it's meant to be fun, not too serious. I, I, I get serious enough in the book when I'm, you know, on my soapbox about, you know, being a stroke advocate and you can do it and all, the, all those other things that I, yeah. I truly believe in. But this is meant to be fun as well. Awesome. You know? Yeah. So uh, we probably touched on it a little bit, but, um, what was the most challenging aspect of this? Was it, you know, you, you mentioned trying to find your voice, um, the, the working the edits, and then also being um, able to, you know, kind of be um, defenseless. You know, you had to let other people read this, right, so that they could give their opinions and help you whittle it down into something that would be um, palatable for everybody, right? So what, was, what would you say was the most challenging aspect for you? Well, you know, just um, revealing myself to the, hopefully the world. Um, you know, I have this philosophy. Um, yeah, everyone has this voice in their head that says, you can't do it. You're a fraud. And, you know, like everyone else, I'm susceptible to that too. And when I hear that voice, I've trained my mind to say, okay, you just gave me permission to do exactly like the opposite. So it's kind of like you just have to, be brave and you know I'm, I'm standing naked in front of the whole world saying this is me and I'm not as cool as everyone thinks I am <laughs> um, I'm just like everyone else and uh, you know so like put put my ego aside and, and just try to write an honest story uh, like I say all, all the stories in here are true and they're they're hilarious some of them are hilarious um, but yeah that's you know, that's what I'm about. You know, I'm about uh, whittling it down to the truth. And, you know, I, I'll take a page off of Danny's, Danny Muggs' playbook. When I was writing this, uh, I asked him and certain other friends, can I have your permission to put this in the book? Because I don't want to embarrass anyone. Yeah. And and Danny Muggs said, tone warts and all, warts and all. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, that's an interesting autobiography. Um, you know, no, I don't, I'm not interested in reading somebody's autobiography if they're just going to placate me. 
and tell me what I want to hear. I want to hear the, the, the dirty shit as well as the inspiring shit, you know? Yeah. So you, you made a interesting comment in that you, if you get, if you feel that kind of imposter syndrome where you think I, I can't do this, you, you tell yourself that you can, have you always been that way? Like even as a young child or did that develop later on in your life? I think that developed after my stroke um, because um, I was scared to death to, you know, do this. Like to, uh, I mean, uh, my world had been flipped upside down. I felt like a monster. Uh, I was, so, you know, I was completely paralyzed uh, in the in the progression of completely paralyzed to able to lift your leg up one inch to four inches to eight and, and so on, and then your wheelchair bound. And then you're walking with a cane and then it's a four prong cane down to a one prong cane. And then you're walking with a leg race and all, all the while I'm feeling self-conscious, you know, yeah. I'm feeling like, and, and you know, this isn't in my head. No, nobody yeah. gives a shit, you know, <laughs> but I'm thinking everyone's staring at me like I'm this, you know, this right. pariah. And, um, so I had to, you know, tell myself again and again that you you can do this. Uh, you know, I was terrified to get up on stage for the first time. Yet I knew that if I set out to do something and um, and I accomplished this, it would be important to somebody somewhere to know that um, if if I can do it, like you can do it. Um, and you know, I, I just put out this. Uh, this cheesy little, uh, you know, minute video with the help of my good buddy and graphic artist, Jason Seaman. And it's, if I can, so can you. And, you know, and it, I say cheesy, but I, you know, I'm all heart and soul. I, I mean that yeah. if I can do it, like anyone can do it. It's, it's not, I don't have the secret power. I just have, um, the will to believe in myself and it, you can transcend anything. If you, if you can, if you can tap into that and, Sometimes all it takes is like some knucklehead like me putting up a book and saying, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's that easy, you know? Yeah, yeah. So we're, when you, uh, I know part of it was to, to, you know, you felt the need to tell, tell your story and, um, you know, share your life with, with the rest of us, which I think is great. Um, but as you were just talking about, you know, um, the, the, the ethos of, you know, if anybody can do it, if I can do it, anybody can do it, you can do it. Do you, um, as you were writing, did you, and you, particularly when you're talking about your stroke, were you thinking of other people that have, have, have had strokes or have, have to deal with like life altering changes, um, either physically or mentally that, that challenged them to have to change the, their lives? Were you thinking of them in terms of like, I, I want to reach out and be able to share my story and let them know that, you know, all the things they're feeling are totally normal. And, and was that Absolutely. part of your process? Yeah. Um, um, it's a game of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, early on, I was at this uh, rehab center after I got out of uh, rehab in the hospital for two months. Then I was on in outpatient rehab. And after outpatient rehab runs out, then, you, you know, it's like, okay, you know, lots of luck. Um, yeah. And that's only like, two weeks uh, out of the year so what else do you do when you're when you're still fucked up so i got a membership down at braza which is attached to rehabilitation institute of michigan and you know i i made it my job to rehab and music that was all i concentrated on 
and you know, going there, you have spinal cord injury patients, um, and it's heartbreaking because you know you have your bad days, feeling sorry for yourself. Um, and I was on an elliptical machine one day. Uh, I can still remember this. And this this guy was just wheeling past me, uh, and I'm you know feeling sorry for myself. And I'm like, you're a fool, man. Like he'll never walk again. Um, and here you are feeling sorry for yourself. So you know you you're going to work out for him. You're going to do this for him. And I've always carried his face around with me and several others because I'm lucky. I, you know, I worked hard and I, you know, I know that I like my hard work got me here, but there's a element of luck too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, it can all you know, like the old saying, it can always be worse. And that's yeah. totally accurate. So I, I, I take those people with me and, um, part of this book, what I'd like to do, um, uh, I'd like to be a stroke advocate and, um, possibly, uh, this summer or, you know, as soon as possible, I'm going to start throwing together a festival for, you know, stroke, you know, uh, and it'll be oh, my wow, festival cool. and all the cool bands hopefully will, you know, join with me and we can, uh, you know, raise money for stroke awareness and that's just one of many things i'd like to do to make the world a better place awesome man that's fantastic yeah. i think that'll be really cool so uh tom got any other questions for tony you know no i mean i guess not necessarily a question on i mean no i think that's fantastic i mean i think it's a good thing because i think a lot of people um aren't strokes like things like that i mean I work in HR and, you know, we have, we have different courses like that, um, you know, in the workplace, you know, of signs from a stroke, things like that. Yeah. But I think the general public, a lot of people aren't aware. So I think a lot of people, I, I think it's great. Anytime you can raise kind of awareness for the general public to be like, you know, signs, things yeah. like that. A lot of times um, people don't know. And then they, by the time they get to the hospital, like, you know, they, they've lost a lot more than they would if they start recognizing it earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, in conjunction with the book, you've got the, the album coming out, which will be a dude album, correct? Yep. And so, so are, are they, they are both coming out on the 1st of December? No. Um, and uh, I'll, 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 the, uh, I'll tell you the reason why in a minute. Uh, the, the album is going to be released in mid-April of 2023. Okay. And, that was on purpose. Um, and here, here's the reason why, uh, back to Mr. Danny Muggs. <laughs> um, so we're sitting around in the time of COVID and we're having a couple beers and he just kept on putting like, Tony, got to get the book out. No, you know, it, it's going to be out when it's out. I, I can't force this. Right. And, uh, and I, I was saying that I'm going to release the book and the album at the same time. And he said, you know what? Can I make a suggestion? You might not want to do that. And here's the reason why. Um, he read a book called Dear Thiel. Um, and it was a compilation of letters from Vincent Van Gogh to his brother Thiel. Oh. And he read that and he devoured it. And he said, Tone, after I read that book, I could not see Vincent Van Gogh's art the same way. It, it, it was just so much more. It had so much more depth to it after I read this man's thoughts. And so in that same vein, um, oh, in that yeah. same breath, why don't you release the book first? And then people will get to know your your passion for music. 
your drive, what inspires you, your corny ass jokes, um, you know, <laughs> everything else that goes along with it. And I think, I think there's some truth to that, uh, that I'm hoping it's my hope that it will make the album that much more interesting. And the album is, there are some crossovers uh, on purpose that, you know, some of the lexicon I use and like some of the, just the phrasing I use shows up in the book that I have lyrics for. Yeah. And um, chapter 13, um, which is the chapter that which deals with the the day I had my stroke uh, is called uh, the title of the chapter is called tomorrow's promise to no one. And that's something my mom used to always say um, to me. Um, that stuck with me. And I actually wrote a song. Um, the last song on the album is called T Tomorrow's Promise to No One. And that's just uh, the saddest song I ever wrote, um, you know, just dealing with my mom's sudden passing. So yeah. there are there are some crossover elements to it. So um, and I, I always like to think that you know, when I write music, I'm always writing from um, personal experiences. So this is autobiography, you know, the book and the album. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I know we even ha haven't had a chance yet to, to get the, the first volume and you mentioned that your work, there's a second book. So have you started on the second book? Um, do you have a timeline or is it more like, no, I got this fucking thing done and, <laughs> and I need you to know, rest? It was, uh, <laughs> I mentioned in the, ep the epilogue and I, I just say when, when I have some time to myself, some thoughtful time uh i've just been going like my problem is i want to do everything all the time go 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 and uh right now um uh, i'm uh, actually tracking my third album like dude's third album right now um with the boys nice. and the dudes um <laughs> it's slow and going but hey, we got that we're we're filming um we're gonna film a video for Augie's louise which will be the second track off, off this new album and um hopefully we can squeeze in one more video uh video the, the song is called my puppy dog eyes which uh i haven't released yet either i'm saving all the best for you know for <laughs> the actual release right uh, right and you know uh i still um oh I, I should mention uh my good friend cj carpenter um she's a she's a, a graphic artist uh I, I mentioned her um, in the book. She she helped me edit this book. She she designed the cover. So, oh, nice. um, if you, uh, I should say, um, if you go to, I, I started a dot com because I, I I felt compelled to. If I'm going to release this book, like I should have a dot com. So go to tonymugs.com. It just is like it sounds. Tonymugs.com, and you can you can read an about me and about autobiography of the book. And uh, my four bands, uh, The Mugs and Dude, Rattlesnake Shake and Megaweech, the, the latter of the which are you know, tribute bands. But back to CJ, um, she she actually designed the cover and helped um, me edit it and put pictures with captions inside the book. Oh, yeah. That, I was going to ask that you was, that. Oh, my God. That was like a two-month process in itself. Yeah. And then uploading it to Amazon, you have all these hoops to jump through. And uh, my good friend Karen Farrell helped me out as well as CJ. And um, so that was just the, the the hardcover and the paperback. Now in the new year, 
uh, CJ and I are going to get together to do the Kindle. And that's its own animal for some reason. I, I don't yeah. know why they make this so hard, but, um, <laughs> and then, uh, I, you know, delusions of grandeur. I, I want to do an audio book where I'm I, reading it. I was just going to ask you if you were thinking about doing an audio book. Absolutely. It's just awesome. going to take me a year because I'm the poorest. <laughs> I'm not a good reader. Um, that but, is hard. Uh, it's a challenge. Yeah, it is. It's super hard because I've, um, you know, I, I get tongue tied and stumble fuck around when I'm talking on this, let alone trying to like read something. Because even when I, I make, uh, so when, when I'm doing this show and uh, other interviews, I, I make notes, right? I make, I have questions here and I try to like, or, or when I'm doing like the intro and exits for these, for the podcast, you know, I'm, I'm reading off this thing. It's only two sentences, but I swear to God, I fuck it up like four or five times. So I can't imagine a book. I would be, you know, you'd all be dead by the time I get done. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I won't include the glossary, you know, <laughs> uh, for sure. But I, I, I like a challenge. Let's just say that, and, you know, the more I do something, the better I get. So hopefully it'll be that six month curve learning curve of, right. you know, I can get on top of things and blast through it, but it's got to be correct. Uh, yeah. I'm not about embarrassing myself any more than I already am. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, life is short, so you gotta you gotta put yourself out there, right? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think audio book would be great, though. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Though. Yeah, because I I, I Thanks, mean Bobby. I I I, uh, I I love reading. Um, but I don't do, I don't do enough reading, but I do a lot of audiobooks. Um, so I would love it too. I've had several people suggest like oh, audiobook, but you gotta you gotta read it. Yeah. <laughs> and coming from the guy that couldn't speak and had to relearn how to talk, you know, challenge accepted. <laughs> you know, that sounds like you know, I'm all about I'm all about punishment. <laughs> would make it special though you know what i mean yeah. I think that'd be the moment just that the fact that you had to kind of relearn all that and you, you'd be the one delivering it i think that would be a really uh really cool element to it you know you know you're right and uh, like i said i don't back down from anything and um uh i don't even know where to start or who to go to or if i should just buy the gear myself and do it on my own yeah. in a little closet um uh, you know, a soundproof closet to make it sound super intimate. But I'll I'll, uh, I'll start you know snooping around and asking the right questions and and see if anyone can help me out. Um, and you know, see if we can get this done. You know, yeah. the sooner the better. But right. like I said, you know, Kindle audiobook, uh, third album, which is going to be called Destroy It. Um, nice. Yeah, uh, I got an awesome album cover. Uh, do you know, you guys know, are you hip to uh, Ron DeVos, the former owner of the Kaju Cafe? Uh, no. Uh, he's a wonderful friend of mine, um, a wonderful artist and painter. Now he's an author, a horror author, and he self-published through Amazon as well. And um, so um, he, I asked him to pay me a, a picture of Godzilla knocking down the Rensen, like that Rensen right there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the story, not, uh, I don't want to get too much into it, but our, the, the mugs and dude uh, had a tour manager. And, um, he passed away suddenly at, during the time of COVID. He's only oh. 39. 
but wow. a really smart man. Uh, his name was Juan Pablo Chamorro, and he was a Spaniard, and uh, but he could speak fluent English, and he was very clever and smart. And uh, he would always introduce the mugs uh, back in the day because, you know, Detroit didn't have the best reputation back in, you know, 2012, right. 2015. So he would say, all the way from Detroit, Michigan, <laughs> the mugs, you know. And so that, that was just the biggest inside joke um, ever for me. And it just, I loved it. And to keep his memory alive, uh, uh, I, I actually I decided it was going to be destroyed before he passed away. So, uh, needless to say, it was a another gut punch. Um, but you know, everyone everyone dies. But uh, my question to humanity is, who really lives? And you know, this this guy is trying to really live and do special things because, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, tomorrow is promised to no one. You know, that's right. That's right. That's true. That's true. So kind of switching gears a little bit, Tony, um, if you could um, share a beverage, a beer or whatever you, your choice um, with someone um, that could be alive today or, or passed on, um, who would that be and, and why? Oh, I think you asked this before and I don't, <laughs> am I going to repeat myself and uh, say John Lennon? Probably because <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, my whole life I, I have, had vivid dreams and uh i've actually got to talk to john in my dreams um when i was 19 i had this super vivid dream that we were si sitting uh, on a um looking out on the ocean on one of those like uh, uh breathtaking hill um cliffs you know um uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it was the Atlantic Ocean or uh, something like that. Yeah. And I was just asking him all these questions. And, and I, I forget exactly what I was asking him, but I was so enamored with him in the Beatles uh, from 19 till now. Um, it, it's really something that if God, if, um, if there, if there was a God, I would, I would love if he would uh, grant me five minutes of his time, you know, nice. But what, yeah, what, what, what would you? What do you think you would? What would be like one question you'd want to ask him or um, talk to him about? You know, I would I would ask him uh, what inspires him to write to write the way he does because it it's you know it's uniquely John when you hear a John song yeah um, especially in the Beatles time um, he kind of in my opinion this is just I, I'm sure I'm gonna piss off all your fans. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of he, he didn't he wasn't my favorite solo guy um he got too political and uh he took five years off um you know to raise sean which was awesome but you know paul's my solo guy um yeah. but uh, i would ask him specifically during that time you know they were writing prolific songs at 21 22 i mean songs to you know that they're still talking about I, yeah. i'm not sure what how old was John when he wrote in my life? 22 or 23? Yeah. I mean, you just can't, like, that's incredible to me. So it wasn't just like how I approach a song, just, uh, or having like, you know, Danny Muggs, like you can pry a fucking guitar out of his hands for <laughs> like, from the time he started learning guitar until basically now. And that's, that's how good he was. And that's how much time he put in. So, I, I just ask him that 
question. Maybe it's a little naive of me. Maybe I know the answer, but I would like to hear it from his voice, yeah. you know, in his words, how he approached like in the inspiration to write a song, you know, because right. that, right. that means more to me than anything. Because um, my process is uh, sometimes I'll go out to, you know, a bar and, you know, I can, I can name several bands that I, I've left in between, like during their set, ran home and just like um, started like trying to um, play a song, like trying to write a song. Really? I took that inspiration that they were their their uh, their inspiration on stage and tried to bring it home with me and try to create something special, you know, so it's awesome. Yeah, that's just one of many processes I have. But uh, yeah, everyone's got their own and mine's no no better or worse than anyone else's. It's just my process, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that, that there's probably few people that aren't into the Beatles, but if somebody said, you know, I haven't listened to the Beatles, um, what would be uh, what album would you tell them that they, they need to start with? A revolver. And, and why? Why? Why that album? Because I, I think it's uh, um, an amalgam of um, the old and the new, where they're headed in the psychedelic phase. Yep. Um, Eleanor Rigby, the classical elements, um, the the pot. You know the yeah. You know, John always said Rubber Soul was the pot album, but man, did they really get into you know the psychedelics? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm only sleeping. Then your bird can sing. She said, she said, which is yeah. an ass song. <laughs> Um, you know. I heard the story about that too, that it was, um, based on, uh, when they were at some party with, uh, fuck is it, is it, uh, Fonda, um, Peter Fonda. Yeah. yeah and he was tripping yeah. or they were all tripping. And this guy's talking about death. Cause he thought they, they wanted to know about death and, <laughs> and that's where that song came out. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, they're probably in California hanging out with, you know, the birds and yeah. uh, mamas and papas and, right. uh, you know, all those cool cats. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, that era of music, in my opinion, is the best from like um, mid 60s through mid mid 70s. Yeah. Excuse me. And uh, I'm just endlessly fascinated with uh, those stories and, um, you know, timing's everything. Uh, I wish I was born in that time, but, you know, <laughs> um, I'm, we'll try to make our time the best, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So uh, what was the most recent album you, you've you purchased or listened to? Could be, you know, just streaming it. Okay. Uh, man. Uh, whew. Uh, nah, you put me on the spot. I, <laughs> I, listen, I listen to music every day, like several hours of music a day. Uh, I just feed my brain when, when I clean homes. Um, I just, you know, tell my clients oh, I'm putting on ear, ear, earmuffs and, you know, I just, uh, and it's Spotify. Uh, and there's a cat by the name of Andy Schaff that I was listening to today uh -huh. and he's from Canada and he is kind of like a, like a folk singer. Re reminds me of, uh, Paul Simon a little bit, oh, but cool. he has this one album from 2016 called the party, which, uh, if you like that psychedelic introspective kind of yeah. stuff and, you know, speaking of which, you know, the two songs on autobiography, own the day and tomorrow's promise to no one are, you know, are they're, they're 
uh, pages taken directly from that kind of music. Nice. I love the Beach Boys. Yeah. You know, I was just listening to the Beach Boys um, yesterday too. I mean, it, it's unfair. It's an unfair <laughs> question because I listen to so much music. Right. Every day, it's kind of like, what mood am I in? Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, I love every. I love all music. Um, so uh, yeah, but Andy Schaff, uh, the party is uh, uh, interesting and worth a listen if you're yeah. into that sort of thing. But locally, you know, um, you know, I was just listening to the Cheetahs the other day. Oh, they're awesome. But my opinion, one of the best three-piece rock bands on the planet. Um, and uh, I love the love the boys to death. Um, and uh, I, I could go on and on about the Detroit scene. Man, <laughs> my goodness. So, uh, Tommy, how about you? Uh, what, what have you been listening to lately? Um. I think the most recently, uh, Leroy from Earth. It's kind of like a um, really cool uh, California. Kind of has that like kind of like seventies rock countryish type mix uh, type. Real cool stuff. Nice, very nice. So what was that name? I, I, I broke up. Oh, Leroy from the North. Okay, never never heard of him. But there's yeah. so much music out there, man. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah, really, uh, really cool, uh, really cool stuff. There, I think they're at, like Palm Desert or somewhere from out there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, man, really, just kind of cool California type throwback type stuff. Really, just kind of good to like. It'd be cool to be driving like a old uh, Trans Am. <laughs> awesome. Uh, awesome. <laughs> that, you know, but hey, actually, I gotta run. Actually, real quick, I realized. All right, man. But hey, I just want to say hi, man. Hey, I'll pick up the book uh, December first, man, for sure, Tony. Thanks, Tommy. Awesome. Dude, yeah, thank Slumlord you. Radio rules, man. Thank you. What's Slumlord Radio? Yeah, baby. Ah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. All right, you. man. Take it easy, Tommy. So, 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 Tony, um, any type of like special release? I mean, we've got the date, December first. Um, any kind of like release parties or anything like that to promote? Yeah. The uh, as a matter of fact, I'm glad you asked because there's so much going on. I almost forgot to mention that uh, I'm having a book reading and signing on uh, December 20th, which is a Tuesday oh, cool. starting at 7 p.m. at Kaju Cafe. Oh, really? Awesome. Yep. And I actually have uh, guest readers. Uh, really? And, yeah kind of take the pressure off of me yeah and make it a thing you know um and these are dear friends um of mine some old some new um and uh so we're gonna read for about an hour um hopefully you know an, an hour if that's not too boring and then i'll have a book signing and we'll just have some uh drinks and listen to some rock and roll but no bands i i didn't want yeah i didn't you know too close to christmas and i didn't um, want to get, make it too crazy, right? So, uh, yeah, but uh, I'm looking forward. I've been practicing reading nice. just nice. because, uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's daunting, you know, another challenge that I have to, you know, if I'm going to be the complete stroke advocate and person I want to be, I have to be an eloquent speaker, right? And it's, it's part of the journey, yeah. And so, that's just another feather in the cap ultimately you know i'll get there but you know it's not easy sometimes but you, right. know, not, you know if it was easy everyone would be doing it right 
that's right, man. So are you? Uh, so for the special guests, are do they get to pick what they want to read, or are you gonna kind of no, what they uh, what they get to read? I actually um, am picking for them, um, <laughs> and uh, just the guest speakers. Uh, we're gonna make a po- uh, My buddy Jason is gonna make a poster, a really cool poster. But um, here, uh, some of the readers, Audra Kubat's going to read. Nice. Uh, Jimmy Doom, a famous author uh, from Detroit. Um, he was actually uh, an actor in The Irishman. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah. Um, Sterling Silver, a Detroit socialite. And he's got stories about hanging with Rod Stewart and Iggy Pop back oh, in the man. day. Uh, Stephen, Beg- Stephen from The Beggars. Eddie from The Sights. Uh you know, my good friend, Paul Miseraka, he he's a lead singer of uh, Mega Weeds, but also he's Eastside Elvis and Motor City Mafia. And uh, Carson, uh, Carson McInoney and Nick Barone, they're from uh, Max Saturn, good buddies of mine. Yeah. Uh, and my, my cousin, Annie, um, who is oh, nice. near, near to my heart. So that nine, nine people. Uh, and then, uh, then we'll, we'll, I'll put my chicken scratch on uh, some books and <laughs> then uh, we'll just have, you know, relax with some uh, libations. Nice. You know? Nice. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. Um, you know, as much as I love live music and everything, if you're going to have a reading, just have it, have it be the reading and then people can socialize too, you know, because sometimes, you know, when I'm at, at a show, I don't necessarily get to socialize with people because, you know, you should be paying, you know, paying attention to the band and not chatting with your friends. So, that's yeah cool. yeah I, I definitely i was thinking the same thing chuck uh i wanted people to you know drink and beer and marry and be able to talk and yeah and you know there's i mean it's not too often that somebody locally releases a book who is a musician so this is uh you know i want this to be a big deal um uh, locally and you yeah. know it's a celebration of you know Hey, somebody did something, right? Right, right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Another excuse for Detroit to fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, well, Tony, I really appreciate you being on Fans with Bands. I can't wait to get the book. I'm looking forward to it so much. I've got one question for you. Um, and it's kind of holiday themed because we're we're moving, we're getting closer into the holidays and, and toward Christmas and that. And that is is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? I'd say yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> and uh, can I plug an album that I actually plug in the book? Sure. <laughs> I grew up with this album. Uh, it's uh, like a Star Wars Christmas. <laughs> and for every Star Wars fan out there, young and old, the, you have to find this. I know it's on YouTube. Uh-huh. I'm not sure. If I, 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 I'm pretty positive it's not on Spotify, but okay. you can look it up on youtube and it's a star wars christmas and bon jovi actually got his first start because his his uncle or his cousin produced the album this this christmas album <laughs> and uh bon jovi plays the part of s claus which is santa claus's son and uh it's hilarious and uh, like songs like what can you get a wookie for christmas when he <laughs> already owns a comb <laughs> I mean, in this this guy, whoever wrote these songs, man, he put his heart and soul into it because they're good compositions. But uh, man, Star Wars, you know, like it's Christmas season, so yeah. look it up and uh, tell him Tony Wong sent you because it is worth like every 
I, I can't. Uh, yeah, I had to write about it. it it's just one of my <laughs> wonderful childhood memories. Putting on awesome. the album and then dressing the tree and you know decorating the house. Uh, really cool. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, like I said, Tony, thank you again for being on Bands with Bands, and everybody listening. And I'll be sure to promote this as much as I can to get the the book, and I'll spell it right actually this time. So. Oh, I appreciate. <laughs> no, that's not your fault. Um, I, I I wanted to make it different. I, I, I'm I'm aware that graffiti only has one T and yeah. like you know normal spelling, so I wanted to make it like so it, it would be its Stand own thing. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. Two Fs, two Ts. You know, two Fs, two Ts. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, that'll be that'll be key for people you know searching and trying to find it. So look at yeah. on Amazon. Hell yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate what you do and uh, all all the. The adulation and you know coverage you, you, the bands that you've shot over the years uh life in michigan and um it's just wonderful to have guys like you on our side thanks man so, yeah. i appreciate it thank you so much, much love man all right brother take care okay many thanks to tony for joining me on this episode of fans of bands it is always a lot of fun getting to talk to tony about his life and music I've got my order in for his new book, Autobiographiti, which is out now. I'm looking forward to digging into more of his story. You can get your copy over on Amazon. If you will be near Detroit on December 20th, head over to the Kaju Cafe, where Tony will be hosting a reading of his book with some special guest readers. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries, such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.